Well, howdy, y'all. This is a podcast where we play D&D. Oh, my gosh. That was perfect. Uh, I quit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're in a ranch. I'm so. done. It's a ranch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Make Believe Heroes. Yeehaw! I'm your host, Paul, the Dungeon Master, and I'm joined today, as usual, by four good friends of mine. Hey, guys, this is Jeremy, and I play Saul. Haw ye, this is Phil, and I play Peanut. Haw ye. <laughs> Yeehaw, this is Red, and I play Bill. Howdy, this is Abby, and I play Jill. I regret so many things, <laughs> <laughs> like everything, honestly. You did this. I apologize. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> this is all on me. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Hey, thank you. I hope that you are enjoying things so far in Season 3. A little different. Things a little different. Going back to Nordentown today. Um, but before we do all that, before we get into all that what happened last time business, I want to take just a couple of minutes and talk about Patreon. I'm sure that you've all heard by now, we have launched our own Patreon website online at patreon.com slash makebelieveheroes. If you love what we're doing here at MBH and you're a fan of Manumi and us playing games and all of that stuff, we have something for you at Patreon. We have a Discord where we chat with all of our friends and fans that listen to the show. Uh, we have Manumi Unwrapped, the behind-the-scenes look at the world of Manumi and how things work and how things were created. We have special bonus episodes going out every month with us playing other games that are not essential to make-believe heroes. Actually, you know what? Real quickly, I want to address something. I don't want this to take long because I know you guys want to get to the game, but we're going to handle all the business up front so there won't be anything at the end for you guys to have to stick around and listen to. But we got a review recently from Most Generic Nickname, a five-star review. And by the way, we are going to keep reading those, so if you want to leave us a five-star review, it will eventually be read on the air. I know there haven't been many in the last few episodes, but we'll be getting those in. Don't worry. We got one from Most Generic Nickname is uh, the, the name of the person who left us this review, and it says this. Where are the rest of the backstories for Season 2? Do patrons only get access to it? Will you eventually release the bonus episodes to non-patron listeners? I'm 13 and don't have the money to spend. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> hey, listen, uh, most generic nickname. If you want to reach out to us, the best way to do it with questions, I mean, hey, thank you so much for the five-star review. That helps us. You, we, there's the five-star rating helps us. That's amazing. But if you ever have a question, feel free to holler at us on Twitter, to send us an email to letters at makebelieveheroes.com, and we can respond because we can't respond you know, to the five-star reviews other than doing this. So quickly answer those questions. First of all, there was only one backstory in season two, and that was for Misk. Part of the reason for that is because, well, we just didn't have time. But also, those characters are going to persist, uh, apparently. So I'd planned to get to them eventually anyway. So now here we are. We are planning on doing more backstories. Uh, will those be exclusive to patrons? No. Anything that is ever released that is essential to the Make Believe Heroes storyline will be released to everyone. 
The bonus episodes that we're putting on Patreon are things like us playing Forest Tomb and Picnic. Uh, we're going to play um, uh, Monster of the Week, one of the uh, you know Powered by the Apocalypse games. Hopefully we're going to do like a, a custom D&D Pokemon game, MBH Kids, stuff like that that are just sort of offshoots. Anytime we ever put anything on there that's essential or that I think is, is important for our listeners, it will be released to our listeners. Don't worry. We're not putting up a paywall for our primary content. We did this with Patreon so that we could create things that we would not have created without the assistance of our patrons. So don't worry about that. We'll be getting that out to you guys. As far as eventually releasing the other bonus episodes, I don't know, maybe a year down the road or so from when they release or something like that. We might trickle a few out here and there. Uh, But there are definitely going to be episodes on the Patreon that will only ever be for patrons. I mean, that's that's why it's there. That's why those are being created for them. So don't worry. Anything that is MBH proper is always going to be released, even if the patrons get early access, which is one of the features that we offer at the $5 tier and above, you guys will get to hear it. So thank you, Most Generic Nickname, for the five-star review. And feel free to reach out anytime on email, Twitter, uh, Facebook, just any way that you'd like, okay? Thanks so much for the review. So I've already said a lot, and I know you guys are ready to play D&D. So let me quickly get through this. Uh, shout out to BattleBards for letting us use their sound effects and music. If you're interested in that, go to BattleBards.com. Check them out. You can use the code MBH Podcast to get 15% off of a BattleBards Prime subscription. I promise you, if you try that out at your table, your players are going to absolutely love it. So check it out at BattleBards.com. And of course, I want to give one more shout out. We are going to be giving shout-outs to our patrons every week. So this week, I am so happy to give a huge shout-out to one of our Make Believe Hero supporters on Patreon, Jarrett Draper. Thanks so much for supporting us with your hard-earned money. It means a lot to us, and uh, that's enough from me this week. Hope that you guys are enjoying Season 3. So before we start rolling the dice, let's commence with the rolling of the big D20, shall we? Mm. Oh, roll that D20. Just keeps getting worse for me. Woo! That's a three. Excellent. Tres, as you might say. So last time on Make Believe Heroes, in season three, our four adventurers awoke there in the tall stall, the local inn where they had stayed, gotten some rest and healed up. They got a nice, big, hearty breakfast, and then they head out south of the city toward the ranch of Nordentown to procure some horses for their journey. They made their trip around the south way. They met a dwarf there who I don't think ever told them his name. The sales dwarf, if you will. And he told them about some trouble they'd been having. About someone there, some employee had seen someone or something eating a horse just live there on the ground a couple weeks prior. Anyhow, after that weird business, you all bought four horses to ride and one for carrying your things. You made your way through the city to visit the Waldegrave Manor, home of the wealthiest and most influential family in all of Nordentown. There you met one of the children, the oldest daughter of the Waldegrave family, a woman named Marlene. And she told you all that, yes, while they did have some people looking for uh, what was going on with the horses going missing, that they had not made any movements toward finding these so-called bat-lizard things. But, interested in what you all had to say, she agreed to hire the four of you to see if you could find them. If you can tell them where they are, she'll give you 15 gold apiece. If you can bring one back dead, or if you can kill them, she'll give you 25 gold apiece. But if you can bring one back alive... 
she's ready to award each of you 50 gold pieces. And so now you're headed back out into the city of Nordentown with a token in your pocket, ready to have all your needs paid for while you're here. What do you do? I believe that we should go back and talk to that Berman man, I guess. What's his name? Berman? The guy that uh, went and talked to Chase. The guy that saw the man eating the horse. I think that would probably be our best lead. What do you think? That sounds perfect. I've heard if we can't find him at his house, that we'll find him at a bar. Perfect. Really? Just more temptation for Phil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Phil, we really need to talk about this sometime. Listen, man, you have your thing. I have mine. Leave me alone. You really, you can't let it control your life. We're not doing this right now. Okay, fine. Let's let's. We are not. This is not the appropriate time for an intervention. I guess we should go check his house first, though. Probably be the best bet because it is early in the day. Do we know where he lives? Yeah, it's. Uh, we do. Oh, yeah, you're right. We don't. Nope, you do not. We could go ask that sales dwarf. Exactly. We should probably go talk to Chase, the management of the horse farm, and ask him to the ranch. To the ranch, indeed. <laughs> okay, it's so you're all faster. come on, little Sebastian. <laughs> you're all heading back out of the city and around to the south side to go visit the ranch again. Yes. Yes. Okay, you make your way through town, through town, through town. You come clear of the gate, the main gate into the city. You ride back around south, go along the wall, between the fences, along the road. You come back to the gate, the gate into the Nordentown Ranch. You enter, and you don't see that same dwarf you were talking to before, uh, but you ride on forward way up ahead of you, which you guys never actually got to before. There is what looks like a big, you know, ranch-style house, like a farmhouse, uh, that you can see people going in and out of, and you assume it to be some sort of an office, you know, something like that, uh, where you would go to talk to people. And then there are a number of barns on both sides going in either direction. So, you go toward the house? Yep. Yeah. Yes, let us go towards the house. All right, you guys ride forward, and there's plenty of places there for you to tie your horses off. So you ride up, you tie your horses off. There are people coming in and out, like I said, people that are probably there doing business, whether it's buying horses or whatever. Uh, or eating them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dinkelberg. The horse eater. So oh you, um, you go inside, you step in, and uh, there's... You know, it's kind of like an office, but there's a lot of places to sit, a lot of chairs and things. Uh, but as soon as you step in through the door, no sooner that you get one foot inside the door. Who's in the front, by the way? Saul? Bill? Yes, Bill. Yep. Because I'm just okay. a little bit smaller Saul. than Saul. <laughs> so Bill and Saul are both just kind of like... I hold the door open for Saul. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So Bill holds the door open for Saul. Saul, you step in, and you barely get a boot inside the door, and then someone pops up. It's a young woman, human. She says, oh, hello, how can I help you, sir? Hello, peasant. I'm looking for one by the name of Chase, an employee here, hereabouts. Oh, Chase isn't an employee. No, Chase is the, uh, he's he's the, the owner the of this ranch. Yeah, he's the manager. He's uh, uh, Mr. Waldegrave. Yeah, he, um, yeah, I can get him for you. He might be busy. Chase Waldegrave, exactly. Yeah. Where can I find him? 
uh, he's here. Uh, I can probably see if uh, he's busy. Yeah, we just actually, we talked to his sister and she told us to come talk to him. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so. did, did you have an appointment with Mr. Waldegrieve? Uh, no, we just, we just mm. actually came uh, from... Show him the pendant. No, it's special importance. I see, I see, I see. Hmm. Well, it, um, uh, he typically doesn't take walk-ins. Uh, he he's a pretty busy guy. Um, but you know, it's uh, I I could ask him, I guess, but I'm not sure if he's gonna want to talk to you. He does have a lot going on. Uh, but I could I could write you down for an appointment tomorrow if that I'm would work. I want to put in some charm here. Um, Saul, why don't you show her the thing? Maria gave you. Marlena. Marlena gave you. <laughs> I thought Maria. it was Marlene. Pulls it out. Marlene. It was Marlene. Pulls it out of his pocket. Okay. Can you show it to her? What do you say? This I got from the sister of Mr. Waldegrave. She said it's very urgent. I need to speak to him. Uh, Roll me a persuasion check. It's a 16 on the dice. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. His persuasion. Yeah, that's a 24. Yeah, 22. you got her. Two. Oh, Oh, uh, I see. So Miss Marlene gave you that. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, you just, you all just have a seat, wait here, and I'll be right back with you. Okay? Thank you. Sure, sure. And she takes off with a little hop and a skip, and she's gone. Saul lights a cigar. I'm so happy that that worked out like that, because Caleb was going to have to try to do some charms. Like woo her? Yeah, so yeah. I was going to try to Good luck. charisma. I've got a pretty decent charisma. So you all uh, make yourselves comfortable for just a few minutes. You don't have to wait too long, but probably longer than you would like, you know, 10 to 15 or so minutes. And then finally she comes walking back in. She says, uh, Mr. Walgrave will see you. All right. Uh, just follow me. I knew he would. She turns around and leads you all through the room. There's a hallway off on the left. You turn down the hall and follow her. There are a few doors that you pass by. And uh, after a few moments, you come to a door. She opens it and motions inside. You step in. There is a large desk and uh, two chairs sitting there up next to the desk. You know, obviously, you think like a um, like a loan officer, you know, it's like it's a pretty big office, but that's just kind of the view that you have here. And there is a man sitting on the other side. He's, I wouldn't necessarily say a portly man, but he's not thin. He's, you know, got a little bit of a belly on him. I'm going to say he probably looks to be in his late 30s. He's got most of his hair still, but, uh, you know, he just kind of looks like a manager. Uh, uh, greetings. Are you Chase Waldegrave? Sure, sure. Who's asking? <laughs> I am Satsaurus of the Nine Hells. Oh, forgive me. Sorry. That's not very, uh, that's not quite um, friendly, is it? Uh, here, welcome. Have a seat. Have a seat, won't you? I go and have a seat. Okay. Saul walks up to the desk. Ooh. Uh, the name's Chase Waldegrave. Um, I see you've uh, you got my sister's crest there. Yes. I do. She sent me. We are com- we've come to talk to, well, actually we've been employed by your sister, to look into the creatures that have been eating your horses. Oi. The, uh, hmm. Interesting. Well, I told her we've already got some people looking into that, you know. Um, I'm not sure why she'd go giving out more money to some more people searching for that. We specifically were attacked by them. We're the ones from outside the city last night. Oh, okay. All right. Well, hmm. Interesting. So I heard a little bit about that this morning. Something about some uh, lizard sort of creatures trying to kill you for. Is that right? Some some kind of some kind of lizard people. Or something. Yes. And they wanted our horses. They wanted your horse. How do you know? Like, that what do you they mean? They specifically asked for our horses. 
they asked for them yes. so you they could speak a language very what's the word it not very well but yes they they spoke in a very so there's some sort of dialect okay so there's some sort of uh sentient creatures then um all right all right well hmm and so let me get this straight she uh, you believe that these things are somehow responsible for the death of our horses. You think that there's a connection there? Yes. And she paid you. So. Well, she has not paid us yet. No. Oh, okay. But she's going to pay you. All right. If he, we bring them back. He he kind of looks at the four of you and uh, he takes in kind of what he's seeing. You've got Saul standing there dressed in nice black and red leathers. Uh, fancy-looking rapier on his side, bright orangish-red skin, and horns. Let's not forget the horns. You got Jill, who you've got purple hair, right? Purple hair, yeah. What you, describe what you, what you look like. Um, I have purple hair and pigtails with purple armor and a black cloak. Okay. Innocent-looking girl, all dressed in purple. You've got a halfling over here with blonde hair and heavy armor and a symbol of Palor in his chest puffed out. And then you got a dwarf standing there with a double-headed axe on his back. And it's just kind of a mishmash of people here, right? Yes. So why the four are you here now in my office talking to me about this? What do I have to do with any of this? Well, I mean, she said she'd pay you, right? Your sister said you had an employee who specifically saw one of the creatures eating one of your horses. Oh, Berman, yeah, well, you know, he's, I don't know, I don't want to say this sound crass, but he's not the most reliable source. I sent him home, uh, give him a couple of weeks' pay to sort of, you know, get himself all worked out. He he says he saw something. He says he came out to check the horses the other night, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he says he heard a noise, went to check on it, and there was some sort of person leaning down over one of our horses, you know, eating it. Just like eating this horse. A person, specifically. Humanoid. Well, you know, he said he didn't get a good look at him. It was quite dark out, and it was out a little ways into the uh, into the fields. It wasn't right up next to the barns or anything like that. But it was, uh, yeah, he said it was a person, some sort of a man or something like that. But he did say, uh, well, I don't know. Like I said, he, he was probably drunk. He usually is around that time of night. He, he's a good worker when he's working, but he's he's got a little bit of a problem with a drink, so... He uh, he say saw like glowing eyes. I think he said something like that, and um, he walked up on it and it saw him, and he ran away, freaked out. He hid up underneath one of the barns uh, in one of the cellars until the morning. I mean that's that's it. That's wow. all he said. That's all he told me. Can you point us in the general direction of where this happened? I can, but it's, there's nothing out there. It's over two weeks ago. It's just out in the middle uh-huh. of one of the fields. Look, if you want some more information, I'm sure Berman could probably help you. I actually do have a lot of things I need to take care of. You know, it's a, it's a yeah, big operation we've got going on here. Listen, uh, Berman, he lives on the north side of town. Um, I don't know exactly where he is he lives. But from everything I know about him, he's probably not at home. What time is it? He kind of looks out the window. I look down at my watch like I was going to say he looks at his watch. <laughs> you know, uh, he looks out that- the window, kind of look at the sun. It's afternoon now. It's about noon time. Yeah, he's probably, uh, if I was guessing, I'd say he's already about three quarters away down a bottle. And where is his favorite watering hole? Uh, it's called the watering hole. Huh. 
How convenient. How unique. It's kind of cool. It's a dive. Yeah, they don't care about about like you know being clever or anything like that. They just it's people go people to get, get drunk. Get drunk. Yeah. It's an old dive. Everybody used to always just call it the old watering hole before everybody was like, oh yeah, everything's got to have a name now. It's got to be a fancy name. It's got to be like you know themed or something. And it's just like where you go drink. And he goes over there regularly. He you know he eats there, drinks there, and he usually falls asleep there. So. Uh, once you go up there, if he's not there, he'll be there soon. And if he's not there soon, there's probably somebody who could tell you where he's at. That's where I say go. It's way on the other side of town. All right. Well, thank you for this information. Good thing we bought horses this morning. Yeah. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of riding lately. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your patronage, by the way. He holds up holds up the sigil and goes, but you will be paying us back, seeing how we are implored by you now. And Saul gets up and starts to walk out. Uh, good morning to you too, sir. Uh, you guys uh, have a good one. I'm going to get back to work. And uh, Bill goes to shake his hand. Oh, uh, says, sure. Thank you for your he time, sir. Out. He shakes your hand. Bill, come on. Phil, Jill, let's go. Thank you, sir. He whispers back, my friend needs to learn manners. He's just a little bossy, isn't he? Yes, just yeah. a little bit. That's, yeah, uh, that's all right. It's okay. Um, well, I'll you, uh, Pay see Lord you bless you. And uh, he walks out. Yeah. Sure. You yeah, you too. All right. You guys head out. Yep. Hop back in your horses. Yeah. Can't really hop that high. You're <laughs> you're headed back out. You approach the door and the young woman who greets you says, Oh, um uh, did everything go all right in there? Did you find out what you needed to know? Yes. It went great. Thank you so much oh, for good. your time. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure thing. Um well it's nice meeting you. Hope you all have a great day. You as well. Oh yeah, sure. Um uh thanks for coming. Yeah. We, I open up the door. Okay. I open up for the door for everyone. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's go. Okay. We got to go. Bill, you are too polite for your own good. Well, you know, at least my world has gumdrops and happiness and not sorrow and death. And he walks out the door. <laughs> okay. That was a joke. Paylor could have given me nothing. He gave me three annoying children. Hey, I'm, 20, I'm 28 years old. I'm not Saul. a child. Come on. He didn't mean for everyone to hear that. <laughs> he said that out. I want to go swing my axe at Saul's horse and make him walk. We have five. Oh my gosh. We have five horses. Also, horse murder is not a good thing because I probably not like that. Yeah, don't kill the horses. Listen, dude, let the cow go. Gosh. Okay. We start riding. <laughs> you all get on your horses. You ride back out from the ranch. You head around town. You go back into town. You are going by the tall stall. You all just ride on by. You don't stop by for anything like that. You keep yeah, going. Yeah, we'll take care of that at night. Keep going north. Okay. Uh, who's in the lead? Saul. I want to be riding next to him. Saul, roll me a... Uh, you can roll me a wisdom check. Yeah, sure. Mr. Negative 2 Wisdom. You <laughs> and Saul both roll me a wisdom check. Oh, wisdom or survival. That's not fair. Saul got a 12. It's either a t negative 2 or a 0. Okay, I'll take a survival. It's a negative 2. Is that a natural one? What's a natural one with a negative two? Oh my gosh. Uh, I get lost away from the pack. I think he just has an aneurysm, right? <laughs> I have an aneurysm. Uh, no, so, like, honest to God. <laughs> you're all riding. This is bad. You're riding. Saul, so you're trying to navigate your way through town. And with a 12, um, the difference here is that you don't know where you're going. 
you don't see the building up above. You know, you're going north, and this is a pretty large town. It's not like Branch Hill where everything's on one street. Uh, there are lots of streets and lots of things going on. You pass shops, you pass different things, and uh, salt. You actually come riding up, and you see what you immediately recognize to be a temple. Uh, the Temple of Paylord. Well, you see multiple symbols on the outside of this temple. It's actually not like anything that you've seen, because the only one you've seen so far is the Temple of Paylor. This is like a tower. It's about four or five stories high, and on the front gate, there are around it, there are multiple symbols. You see the symbol of Paylor, the symbol of Prevalian, the symbol of Atonia, and the symbol of Dervetter. And you recall that... Um, Galinda told you that the temple, I think it was Galinda, it was Galinda or that guard that you talked to said that, you know, the temple here, they sort of make accommodations for all the gods because, you know, there's all kinds of different people here. Right. Do you pause at the temple? I think I would just note that it was there with the intention to come back later. Okay. And probably be a little baffled at the fact that they all share a temple, but... You look around, um, you know, I'd say that as you see it, you might slow down just a second, kind of look at it, and then move on. As you do, you notice something. Okay. There's only three of you. (laughs) Who did we lose? (laughs) Bill's not with you. Oh my gosh. Why, Bill? Why do you have to be an idiot? Please quit screaming. (laughs) Why do you have to be an idiot, Bill? Where did Bill go? He's such an idiot. Uh, Jill, you and Phil look around. Bill is not with you. Oh, my God. Butter? What <laughs> What did you do with your brother? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I want to, like, turn around and okay. start trying to retrace our path. Okay. Jill's going to just, like, kind of duck her head and say, I wish I was the adopted one. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> Oh, Maybe Bill um, Saul, is so stupid that he actually found the watering hole by mistake. Saul, what are are you gonna go looking for, Bill? What are what's your plan? Saul sighs very heavily, and uh, turns his horse around. <sighs> Where's Brackle when you need him? Uh, Jill, <sighs> where would your idiot have gone? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that temple. I mean. You're right by the temple. He's not here. Yeah, Saul's gonna do a check and see if he can go back and pick up the pick up the footprints from the horse. Um. Okay. Roll me a survival check. My God, Saul sucks at this. Yep. Not as bad as Caleb. He got a ten with no modifiers. Okay. I think I think Phil's probably doing the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, you're looking for a sign of him. You're tracing. He's already said you were tracing the path. So roll me a survival check. That is a nat 20. Okay. All right. So, yeah, um, his footsteps glow red. <laughs> <laughs> no. You don't, I mean, you can't find footprints. You guys are on brick. Uh, nothing yeah. like that. But you are, you turn around, you're heading back in the direction that you guys came, and you're thinking, can't have been that long since he was with us. And uh, you're sort of standing up a little bit in the stirrups of your horse slash pony, whatever it is, and you see a sign up ahead on a side street and it doesn't have any words on it it just is a large block of cheese on the side oh my god <laughs> oh my god and when you do you, you think to yourself I know where he is <laughs> I love the Wisconsin cheese <laughs> okay 
So uh, you go. Do you say anything? You go. Just get him. What you do? <laughs> I, I kind of holler for everyone. Like, hey, this way, and I start like riding that way. Okay, you go down that way, and you find a cheese shop, and you see little Sebastian tied outside, and uh, <laughs> you step inside the door, and you see Bill there with two large blocks of cheese, one in each hand, just. Smothering himself in cheese. In a way. Just smothering wow. in cheese. Oh, this cheese is amazing. Oh my gosh. It's like made by Paylor himself. Please, you have to tell me. How did you make this stuff? Everyone's just kind of staring at you, like slack jawed, at how much cheese you've eaten in the last five <laughs> or so minutes. And this is what you walk in to see, Phil. What do you do? I want to, like, go. Throw some gold to whoever looks like the shopkeeper, like to cover what he's ate, and okay. then drag I've him out the door. Already paid for what I ate. Okay, yeah, that's I was fine. about to say. Okay, then you can bring your cheese, but I drag you out the door. No, Phil, what are you? No, I'm like grabbing the block of cheese all I right. paid for. You all ride up to see Bill and Phil coming out with Phil dragging Bill by his collar. Of course. Before, when one of my retainers would do such a thing, we would tie them to a pole and cut them up one piece at a time. Do you think we should do the same to you? Well, that's great, because I'm not a retainer, and this is cheese. <laughs> and so I'm eating this cheese. <laughs> I am a paladin of Paylor, and I desire cheese. And a paladin of Paylor would be focused upon the mission ahead of us and not cheese. Indeed. But a paladin does get hungry at times. Fix your rolls before the DM kills us. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> next time, it, next time it won't just be cheese. Okay. <laughs> all right, yeah. we need to go. Yeah, you all go. You head I'm back. I'm eating a block of cheese though. I'm gonna tie Bill's horse to mine. Okay. Just so he doesn't wander very far. Do you do it where he can see it, or you try to hide it? No, I make it very obvious. Oh, okay. I untie it. Okay. I smack his hand and tie it back. Saul, are you? I smack his hand and untie it and then eat the rest of my cheese. Sweet Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Saul, do you, are you still leading the way? I'm no longer leading the way, though. No, you are not. I am am following Saul. Okay, Saul, uh, roll me a survival check. Oh, I got to roll it again. Yeah, sorry. Okay, that's better. It's 15. Okay, 15. Well done. So you um, you just kind of keep an eye out, and you, you follow what you've already picked up about cities, and you know you kind of see the direction things are going. You begin to notice that uh, street that you've turned down, you don't go very far before it already seems that you're in a little bit more of a run-down part of town. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's it doesn't look dangerous yet, per se. It's not Nocturne Alley. But it is, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say it the wrong way, but it just, everything looks less well-kept. There's, You see more trash on the streets. Middle class. No, lower lower than middle, like lower oh, class. Like. Uh, and, you know, pretty soon you begin to hear uh, the sound of yelling up ahead. Sounds like some sort of a skirmish. Ready your weapons. And he brings his horse is it up ahead on the road? Like, can we already see people in the distance, or maybe just a little piece off? You see what looks like a crowd. Okay, Salco's riding up. Okay, you all come riding up, and as you do, the four of you notice people are just kind of staring at you, like on horses. Like, whoa, you know, it's not common to see someone on a horse through here. You know, people around here don't 
typically own horses. And uh, you come riding up, and it's not like a huge crowd, but there's a small bustling crowd outside of this door, and they're kind of circled around, and you hear some people chanting, like, fight, fight, fight. And it, it looks like there is some sort of a bar fight that got taken outside going on right outside the door. Saul, you have immediate PTSD about your time in Branchshire. Oh, man. About getting clocked. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bill is immediately oh, going to step off his horse. Okay. Bill, you hop down off your horse. And he's going to head into the crowd towards right. this fight. You're pushing your way in. Yes, with my shield. Yes. Okay. I have my shield out. Uh, the rest, Any of the rest of you follow him or you just kind of watch Phil or Bill? I want to punch the biggest guy in the fight. Okay, well... Uh, oh, man. No, I'm Finn. joking. I'm Saul joking. is not getting anywhere near that I'm mess. I'm not dealing with that right now. Fellows! Jill, are you hanging back, too? I want to stay with Saul. Okay, Jill, you and Saul are hanging back and kind of watching. Uh, Bill, you hop down and push your way through with your shield, and Phil comes up right from behind you. I'm going to say you haven't punched anybody yet, right, Phil? Yeah, for sure. You step up, Phil, with your shield. What do you say? Bill. Bill. Sorry, y'all's names are the same. I know. Butter, you step up. What do you say? I say, fellows, why are you fighting? There is a human and a dwarf just wailing on each other. Fisticuffs. Fellows, please, stop fighting. This is embarrassing. They do not respond to you. All right. Things are about to get hasty here. Okay. Caleb does not like violence. Caleb or Bill? Bill. Okay. He loves violence of evil creatures, killing evil creatures, but Mm -hmm. when people fight, he does not like that. Okay, so what do you want to do? Uh, well... What are you looking for here? A spell? Yes, to help. Like or hold, something. hold person? Yeah, yeah, that's actually what I was looking for. Okay, human or dwarf? Um, I'm going to cast it on the dwarf, and then I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to cast it on the dwarf. Okay, he needs to make a, what, wisdom saving throw? <laughs> yes. yes, a wisdom 13 saving throw. Yes. Okay, yes. he succeeds. <sighs> okay. He got a 16. Unfortunately, so he is not moved, or he, I'm sorry, he is not stopped. He is able to keep moving. So you cast your spell, but you you basically you immediately get the sense that your magic is not having an effect because they're both essentially in a sort of blood rage, kind of like what you're accustomed to seeing from your brother Phil. By the way, Phil, what are you doing at this moment? Uh, so now that I see that they're not like stopping for Bill, just like commanding it, mm-hmm. I want to like try to tackle the human. Okay, so... Uh, Just kind of, like, separate them up, but not hurt, you know, anyone. Yeah, that's fine. You're going for the human? Yeah. Follow his lead after I see him do it. All right, uh, go ahead and make me a um, strength check. Ooh, I like strength. Um, it can be athletics. Uh, also be fine. Oh, it can? Yeah, that's we'll call it athletics. Great. Um, it's a 15 plus 7, so 22. Okay, you outdo him. So, yeah. you, what do you want to do? You want to rush at him and just, like, open arm, plow through him? Yeah, I kind of want to go, I got this, and look at Bill, and then just, yeah, spear him. Phil! Actually, he's got a good idea. Okay, so you run for it, and you just barrel shoulder right into his middle and plow him to the ground. Yeah, woo! All right, and you went to the hu- you were going after the human, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, Bill, what are you doing? Um, I now realize, yeah, that's probably a great idea. So I'm going to try to subdue the dwarf. Okay. Uh, you want to do the same thing? Yes. Athletics. Yeah, go ahead. It's a fourteen plus seven. Okay, let's see. 
Yep, you beat him. So you manage to tackle him to the ground as well. Uh, they're both trying to like push back and resist, but you both have a pretty good uh, like, handle on them. Hey, buddy, hey, just calm down. Calm down for a second. You don't need to do this. You hear a couple of uh, people in the crowd go, let him fight. No, 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 no. This is, would the vetter want you to fight this man right now? Uh, Come on. I'm going to break need... his teeth out. No, you don't want to do that. He's already ugly enough. All right? You just need chill out, man. Okay, Phil, are, are you also trying to talk your guy down? Uh, I grabbed my axe off my back. Uh-huh. And basically try to, like, scare him into stopping. All right, you, like, hold it up to his neck or something? Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, roll me an intimidation check. Uh, that is 14 uh, minus 2, so 12. Wow, your intimidation's a minus 2? Yeah, I'm not very scary. I would have thought that you had training in that. I guess not. Nope. Uh, would you roll a 14? Yep. That's okay. He rolled a three. Yeah. So yeah, you intimidate him. Uh, he he immediately just goes still and just like holds his hands up and lays there. And when you see that happen and you see him stop, the dwarf that you're trying to talk down kind of looks over and sees that that dude's given up, and the you know the blood rage or whatever kind of leaves him. And you hear a few people from the crowd audibly go, "Oh man." See, buddy, it's all good. I want to find out who it was and throw my axe. Oh, God. No. You, you turn around and look at them menacing, and they all just split and head off in the opposite directions See, down the street. It's all right. Mm-hmm. It's all good. He's calmed down. You're calmed down. Saul's going to use his horse to kind of press through the crowd to get him to just disperse. Easy to do. He, you're calmed down now, and he's calmed down. Here, I'm going to get up off you. I'm going to help you up, and we're going to go chill out. All right, you get up. You reach down to give him a hand up. He just bats your hand away and pushes himself up. All right. Kind of cuts his eyes at you, like kind of takes his thumb and rubs it across his nose and then just turns and walks down the street limping. Yeah, Joe's going to head over there. Over where? Toward them? Yeah. Okay. I believe I'm going to fall after him. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, look, bud, I know, I know that may have seemed a little bit like daddish. Hey, mind but, your own business. But here, hold on. I'm going to tap him on the shoulder and I'm going to give him five hit points of my laying hands on. Cool. Okay, you do that and it freaks him out. He's like, Whoa! He doesn't like magic. What are you doing? Chill, chill down. What are you doing to me? I'm healing I you. I didn't ask you for your healing. Just leave me alone. Look, I honestly, I'm just wanting to find somebody. I feel like you might know who they are. He might be him, judging by the description. Who are you talking to me, tiefling? Oh, <laughs> peasant. I am Satsaurus of the Nine Hells. Satsaurus? Yes. That sounds like a real dumb name. Satsaurus. I choose your <laughs> words wisely. But do tell, are you, and I don't have his name written down, what's his name? Berman. Good dwarf. Are you Berman? No. Do you know where I can find him? You can probably find Berman or old Rotgut right in there. And he points to uh, the door that the fight was going on in front of. Old Rotgut. Yeah. And you see a sign above it that looks like it's just been poorly carved out into wood. It just says the watering hole. Guys, we found it. Thank you, good sir. You have a good day. Paylor bless you. He just limps off. I hate this so much. Phil, uh, did you let your guy go? Uh, yeah, I kind of like rip him off the ground and kind of get strict with him. Like, mm-hmm. 
go home to your family and quit making such dumb choices and push them away. Okay. That was really good. Make better choices, sir. He kind of takes off. He starts walking, but then he looks back and just takes off running as best he can down the street. (laughs) Bill, for a halfling, that was impressive. Thank you, Satsaris. Now let's go find Berman. And Bill starts to walk towards the watering hole. Yeah, Saul's going down the steps. Okay, you guys open the door. Yeah. And there is a staircase heading down. It's dark and dank. It's a dive. And down there, it smells acrid, like smoke, tobacco. Saul's right at home. Uh, It's dimly lit. Uh, There is some sort of music. Looks like maybe there's an old piano over on the opposite side of this dive. Someone's playing it, but it is definitely out of tune. Uh, probably because of all the moisture in the air, because there's a lot. I mean, it's, you feel like staying down here for more than a couple hours, you'd probably get sick. Like, it's not a healthy environment. There are people uh, drinking. No one is drinking casually. Everybody seems to be drinking, you know, their cares away, <laughs> I guess. Such poor lost souls. There's some people off to one side uh, playing cards. There's a couple playing some sort of dice game. Uh, and there's a rough-looking figure a uh, man, human man, over behind the bar cleaning a dirty glass with a dirty rag. That's the guy I walk up to. Okay, what, what are you all doing? I'm going to start calling out the dwarf's name. Okay. Yes. After trying to find Berman. You call out Berman and everybody just like stops and the music stops and everybody turns and looks at you? Uh, Not all of you guys are named Berman, right? It's not a thing. Saul goes to the drunkest looking dwarf at at the front. Okay. Closest to the bar, drunkest dwarf at the bar. Okay. How long have we been in here? Like 10 seconds. Okay, so by now it's probably me. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll me a perception check real quick, Saul. It's a 15 on the dice. Okay. You see, you're looking at the bar specifically, or are you just looking anywhere? Uh, I mean, really anywhere, but the drunkest looking rock gut in there. All right. You start walking through and, um, Bill, you're walking up toward the bar to go speak with the barkeeper and Saul, you're just walking through and you start looking from dwarf to dwarf. You see one on your right, right when you walk through and, uh, he just kind of looks up at you and cuts his eyes, but he seems pretty lucid. Uh, you see one over, he's got his head down on the bar and you walk up to him and, uh, like take a look and he actually you're not sure if he's drunk or not he's definitely sleeping like snoring but he's not like slobbering you know he doesn't look out of it he just looks like he's asleep and you scan the room and in the very back you see a figure slumped over a little circular table uh his arms like hanging down on both sides and like a glass of some sort of liquid knocked over spilled out onto the table in front of him uh Saul goes and Gets up close to him mm-hmm. and uses his tail to tap him on the shoulder. You tap him on the shoulder and you get a... Uh, Jill, I think you need to find some bread and some water. And he taps him again. He goes, is it Borman? Berman. 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 Berman, wake up. <sighs> Who's asking for me? Sarus of the Nine Hills. Uh, We're going to sober you up and ask you some questions. I got no answers for no questions, Sarsistus. Yeah, uh, Sarus, 
You're going to answer my questions, or I will feed you to the thing you saw. Tell me specifically, what have you seen? You say that, and he like pulls back and looks up at you. He opens one eye. Looks up. He looks like a younger dwarf, honestly. Probably not older than Phil. Uh, he's, he's got a, a lightish sort of red mixed in with his beard. And uh, he shrinks back against his seat a little. What are you talking about what I've seen? I've not seen anything, Sir Starris. Nothing at all. Nothing. You got a drink. I could use some drinks. Bourbon. Um, I can get you plenty of drinks after you answer my questions. Um, uh, he just kind of looks around the bar. Uh, d- don't know anything. Don't know anything. What are the rest of you doing right now? I've kind of noticed Tsaris uh-huh. as I was walking towards the barkeeper. And then I kind of realized maybe that was him. Uh-huh. So I'm going to walk up to Tsaris. Okay. So you head that way over toward him, too? Jill, what are you doing? You following Saul, um, too? No, Jill's going to go get the bread and water, like okay. Saul said. Okay. Jill, you step over to the bar, and you tell the barkeep, and he just kind of like, eh, and he pulls up some bread. You're not sure it could be moldy, but who knows. Phil. Um, I want to go get as many drinks as I can carry. Sweet Lord. Oh, no. Go over by Satsaris, uh-huh. hand Berman one, and then go to town. Okay. Y- you come walking up with these drinks, Saul. You see them. Go to hand one to Berman, and he's got like three more in his hand there. And Berman, he's starting to look less drunk and just out of it now and a little bit more paranoid. Can I cast a spell? What do you want to cast? Purify food and drink. Sure. On what? On all the drinks. To remove all the alcohol? Yes. <laughs> uh, Yeah. How does that work? Do you have to roll anything for it? No. All non-magical food and drink within a five-foot radius sphere centered on a point of your choice within range is purified and rendered free of poison and disease. Okay. I mean, we all know alcohol is both poison and disease, so we'll just yeah. go ahead. <laughs> and if the bread was mo- moldy, it now isn't. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And so the water. Yeah. Roll me a, roll me a, uh, a d20 anyway. I shall do that. We'll add your spellcasting modifier to that. That is a 12. Plus 5? Yeah, plus so, 5. Okay, 17. Yeah, you're able to clear it all of of the uh, inhibiting effects. Does, does Phil know is the question? Well, we haven't gotten there yet. Okay, so cool. uh, you, you cast that. Everything's clear. You sit the bread and the water down. Phil, you sit the drink down to him. And he looks at you, Saul, and he says, Uh... I uh, I don't know nothing about anything right, like that. Uh, what you're, I don't know anything, nothing. Do you work for the ranch? Yeah, mm-hmm. Yep, for the ranch. I've worked there for a few years now, a couple years. Excellent. I have confirmation from two different people that you saw something. So there's two ways we can go about this. We can do it friendly here, or later I can come to your house and slowly fillet you while you give me my answers. Dervera, oh, save me! Look, I'm not saying anything. Don't. Don't get crazy. I'm just telling you. I, I uh, can't. I can't talk. I, talk right I now. I can't talk about this right here. I cast Zone of Truth. Okay. All right. You cast Zone of Truth. Oh my you marking gosh. off all these spells you're burning? Because <laughs> yes, this is what the third I one am. you burned. Yes, it okay. is the third one. But I've been dying to use it. So okay. I don't care. What is it? Wisdom save. Charisma save. Okay. He rolled a three. Uh, plus his modifier, I don't believe, is a 10. So uh, he fails, so he cannot lie to you. There you go, Satsaris. Answer the questions carefully. Uh, 
Saul just randomly blurts out. He's just like, uh, I just wish people would respect me for who I am, and I don't understand how they've done it for so long, and then I come to this plane and no one respects me. I'm scared out of my pants right now. These people in here will kill me if I say anything about anything that had to do with anything. Wish people. You see that guy over there? And he points, and there's a guy who's now, like, looking at you all and has stood up and is reaching for a sword on his hip. He's coming over here right now to kill all of us. He's going to kill all of us right now. Well, that's great, because I love killing things, and I stand up. I mean... Go ahead, Saul. I say, uh, Phil, the man drawing his sword, care to bring me his head? Oh, man. Look at all this money out here. Jill, where did you get that money, by the way? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I stole it from that guy. That guy was really nice. (laughs) Wait. You're a thief, Jill? Oh my goodness, I love money. I can't handle it. What? Jill, what? Listen, I'm obsessed with money. I can't handle it. I need gold at all times. Even if I don't need it, I still have to have it. You're just as bad as Phil. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's wrong with Phil? Your drinking problem. You all... There's a man approaching with a sword. Someone should kill it. Are you really going to knock me for having a drinking problem? Hold on. I'm, I'm tired of this. Bill, you ran away to the army? Because a cow died. Yes, because... <laughs> like, suck it up. <laughs> Bill's going to take his trident, and the guy walking straight for us is going to... He's going to throw his trident right at that guy. Okay, you turn, <laughs> you throw your trident, and Saul, you turn around. There are five guys standing there, weapons drawn, closing in on all of you. Uh, go ahead and roll me that attack roll on that trident. Oh, man. This is the way to roll. That was the best spell Gosh. ever. I'm so glad I used it. <laughs> that was the worst spell. <laughs> and he goes, I stole all that money. <laughs> Just so you know, this isn't going to stop Jill's obsession. I'm just sitting there, I'll look over at Abby, and I'm like, Abby, you're in the zone of truth. (laughs) You have to tell the truth. Roll it. That's an 18 plus 7, boy. Okay, so you definitely hit the guy. Uh, Go ahead and roll me the damage. It's 1d10 plus 4. Oh, boy. That's a 9 plus 4. Okay, so he takes 13 damage, and uh, Trident goes flying and sticks into this guy. And Berman stands up and says... I don't want to die. Well, then stay behind us. And I draw my sword. <laughs> Let's roll initiatives. Yeah. Oh, that man. was amazing. That was amazing. I love that. Zach. <laughs> uh, everyone's flaws coming out right there. Phil, what you got? 13. Okay. Saul? 12. All right. And you got a nat 20, Bill? I got a 23. Yep. What you got? An 8. Wow. Okay. That's funny. Uh, the first one to go in the initiative order is Bill. All right, the guy that I just threw a trident at, I am going to be attacking him with my longsword. So I'm going to attack the dude that I just hit with a trident. Okay. It's a 19. Okay. Plus 7. All right, you hit him. So 1d8 plus 4. Oh, that's great. That's 1 plus 4. Okay, so 5 damage, same one you attacked before? Yes, but... Um, what is Divine Smite? That's... Uh, you use a spell slot, first or second level, whatever you want to do there in terms of that, and you do 2d8 extra damage, radiant damage. So you want to use that? Yeah. All right, go ahead and use it. Let's do it. That's an eight. Okay, he's dead. All right, cool. I'm just going to hit him with this long sword. Okay, how's it look? Uh, I threw that trident, and I'm assuming it hit him right in the shoulder. Okay. And I'm going to just bring my long sword down the uh, left shoulder and that divine energy is going to rush through him 
And I mean, he's just going to be burnt to a crisp. <laughs> okay, he's dead. Okay, he that burning fire light of Palor comes out and he falls down dead. You have another attack. I want to hit. Let's just go to the one to the left of him. Why okay. Not? Go ahead, roll it. It's an eight plus seven. Fifteen. Yep. I uh, believe that is a hit. All right. Cool. One d eight. And this isn't plus four, right? No, it is. Yeah, you just do a second attack. This isn't like an extra hand attack. This is a oh, second attack. Yeah. Gotcha. That's an eight plus four. 12. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now it is Phil's turn. Uh, were they all in a line? Uh, they're just kind of like bunched up. I mean, you're this bar is not very big. You know what I mean? You're all pretty close to one another. What do you want to do? I'm just going to hit the one Bill just hit. Okay. So I'm going to take my axe off my back. Okay. And then kind of charge forward and just swing at him. Okay. Roll it. It is an 18 plus 7, so 25. Hit. 12 damage plus 4, so 16. 16 damage? Mm-hmm. So how do you kill this guy? Nice. So uh, Bill just hit him with the sword, and uh, since he's focused on Bill, I'm just going to like come up from the side and chop off his head. Holy crap. Okay, oh he's dead. You have a second attack? So instead of taking my second attack... I want to grab the head and take it to Saul. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> like, you, like, uh, here, Saul, I did what you said. Excellent job, Phil. You can leave it there on the table. Okay, cool. Uh, you you take it to him. Excellent. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Um, now it is Saul's turn. Saul, he's holding a head out to you. There are three guys walking towards you, weapons in hand. They're coming at you. You know, it's all happening at once. Um, Saul's gonna pull his rapier in one hand, his dagger of Vinraya in the other, mm. and uh, he's gonna go toe to toe with the nearest one, dagger or uh, rapier first. Okay. It's a plus six to hit. Okay. It's a oh, it's not good. It's a six on the dice, so twelve. Um, nope, that one won't do it. The guy that you are swinging at now, the one that's closest to you, uh, he brings his sword up and sort of parries. <laughs> And you immediately recognize that he seems a bit more skilled than the two that have died in the last three seconds. Ooh. Then I'm going to activate the poison in my dagger and try to score a hit with that. Just out of sheer rage of, you know, not getting the first blow. Technically, you wouldn't be able to do that, but I'm going to allow it anyway because I like it. And the reason is because it takes a bonus action to activate your poison. Right. But it also takes a bonus action to do your secondary attack. Oh, I see, I see. But I'm still going to let it happen because I like it. So let's do it. All right, let's roll it. Okay. That is a natural 20. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Go ahead and give me that damage. Okay, so for the dagger, it's 1d4 plus 4. Okay. So I roll that twice, right? Uh, Yes. So that's 9. Okay. Then he has to do a save, right, for the dagger? Yes, succeed a DC 15 con save or take 3d10 poison damage and become poison for a minute. Would that be 6010? Uh, no, and the reason is because it is poison. He has to save first, so it's like it gets into his system. It's different. However, he is within five feet of one of your friends, so you do get sneak attack damage. Is he, though? He is. I like me some sneak attack. And you are going to roll me 66s, I believe, for his sneak attack damage. Yeah, it's a lot. Wow, this is crazy. Yeah, and also he failed. <laughs> oh, he's so dead. All right, here's the, here's the D6s. 22. Like, he's just going from hip to face with this dagger, I guess. 
Yeah, you slash up with this poison stagger, and it opens up the wound, and you see as the green sizzling liquid kind of ekes out of the blade as it's going up his chest, and he fails his save. So roll me that damage, which is what? 3d10s? Yep. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's a nine, a nine, and a two. Oh, oh wow. my gosh. So that's 20 damage? 20 more damage. Holy cow. You just reduced this dude of, like, three-quarters of his health in one attack. Okay. Uh, he is screaming and trying to push back away from you now. Uh, and with that, it is your turn, Jill. Um, Jill's going to try to look for a way out. Okay. He, she sees that everyone else is doing great. Okay. <laughs> You're planning on trying to run? Just prepare for when they're done so we can get out of there fast. Okay. You are sort of in the back, and so you can make your way around. You can't make it all the way across the bar, though, um, just because your speed's only 25. You can you can use your bonus action to move twice your move to dash over across the other side of the room, but do you want to do an attack from over there? Sure. Okay, so um, who you want to fire at? Um, I'm going to shoot back at that guy, that Saul. Just Okay, so he has not taken a turn in combat yet, which means you have advantage on him. Advantage. Okay, that's an 18. Rolled again just to make sure you don't get a natural 20. Okay, that's another 18. <laughs> okay, so that's like a wow. 25 or 26 to hit. So you definitely hit him. So go ahead and roll me your damage. Damage. So a 4 plus 5, so a 9. Okay, and then you roll sneak attack damage. Dead. Holy oh my cow. gosh. It's 14. Yeah. Holy cow. Wow. Dude had 70 hit points and y'all just dropped him in two That's turns. That's the way I like it. When that happens, the other two that were coming towards you with the swords turn and run. They're knocking chairs over and doing everything that they can to get away from you guys. Are you pursuing or letting them go? Phil, Bill, grab one. I'm going to tackle one. Uh, same. Okay. Both you guys give me an athletics check. I got a 19 plus 7. 17 plus 7? Uh, yeah, you tackle both of them to the ground. You have them down on the ground. Berman uh, looks around and says, I peed in my britches <laughs> just now. <laughs> Did anyone else do that? Is it only me? Berman. <laughs> Welcome to the real world, Berman. Do tell. What did you see? Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you everything I know. But you have to let me get a good change of pants first. Fair enough. And uh, that is actually where we're going to have to stop this episode. No. Dude. We walked <laughs> Dang that. it. Uh, well, that was fun. That was insane. Okay. That was a lot. So uh, it's been Make Believe Heroes. Thank you so much for listening in. We hope that you enjoyed it. You should follow us, if you haven't, on Twitter at MBH Podcast. Uh, go to our website, makebelieveheroes.com, and subscribe to our mailing list to keep up to date with all the newest news and giveaways, etc. And also, I don't know if I've said this, but we love you. Yes, we do. We love, we love you. you. We love you so much. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.